everyone. Welcome to the 495. I'm your host, Doug Sparks, editor-in-chief of Merrimack Valley Magazine. Lou, how are you doing? Doing very well today. Doing very well. You know, I I feel um, my head's already kind of spinning a little bit because we were talking with our guest about uh, TikTok. Yeah. And now now I'm already thinking like, wow. You know, because I'm reluctant. I'm reluctant to to have some other type of social media that I'm going to pay attention to. I know it's a time hole. And then I'm also like a little crotchety. I'm a little stubborn. Like, you know what I like? I like the Muppet Show. I have Disney Plus because I have kids, and <laughs> yeah. we get to watch the Muppet Show. And to me, that's amazing. I, I watch the a Muppet Muppets? Show. I, yeah. The Muppets are amazing. Not in some some technic, you yeah, know, not technical. It. I understand it's just you know foam puppets and everything, but there's there was just stuff going on in the Muppet Show that was that was <laughs> just pretty yeah. amazing and funny and and just the the how quick it was and how innovative. It still feels innovative to me, and in a way like that, like. Early science fiction feels innovative to yep. me. Like even like Edgar Rice Burroughs, like the early science fiction. I love that stuff. I like getting into that world. And and the con- contemporary science fiction doesn't have that same sense of like awe and oh, I don't know. wonder to me. As we were talking read before the show, TikTok is very innovative. Yeah, it's just the stuff they're doing is you just go wow. Well, this yeah. this is what I hear and I get in, in my wife. I don't think she li- I yeah. don't think she's listening, but she sends me these these TikTok videos all the time, and I always ignore them. Yeah, and I know they're fun. I know there's something there, yeah. and, and partly I'm just scared. I'm scared to like have some other thing to distract me from <laughs> all these other things that I want to be doing. Might be sound in this case because, again, as you mentioned, it's a time suck. Yeah, yeah. You you just start, and your 45 minutes of your day is gone. Yeah, but but also, who knows where it goes? I mean, Instagram is kind of a time hole too. But you you learn things. You like pick yep. up on you know if you're into writing, you're into art, you're into photography, you're into different things. You learn things. You you know you let it's a way to let ideas percolate and incubate. And there's there's something more to it than just like yeah. Uh, but you know, you know what? Be aware of the technology. There's also the hidden gem, and this is what people don't get about video games. I don't think there's the hidden gem. You're in a video game. You are present. Yeah. You're just there, and the whole noise floor drops around you for a while. And forever long you play, you get a little break from all that. TikTok's kind of the same way. Yeah. Everything just goes away. Yeah. My I'm not wired for it. Yeah. I'm not wired for it, and it's it, for the same reason I'm not wired for video games because I like them too much. <laughs> like I, I played Batman: Arkham Asylum. Oh, I yeah. remember getting that, and I knew that was the end of video games because <laughs> I was just in that world. I didn't want to. I didn't want to stand up. Yeah, you know what I mean. I had coffee next to me. I think I even had like the coffee machine next to me, so I could just <laughs> never ever have to move. There you go. Yeah, from playing Batman: Arkham Asylum, and my wife who was not my wife at the time. Karen came into the room and said, "You know what." This is not your hobby. This is this is too, you were, let this it is go. Not, this is not healthy. Step for Step back, Doug. Yeah, go back to reading the old poets. Our our guest today, and we'll, we'll probably pick up some of these themes. Our guest today is Karen Jerzyk. She's a photographer who lives in Manchester, New Hampshire. If you've ever been to Hive and Forge, which is in Salem, but in terms of the Merrimack Valley, it's down in, in uh, Lowell, Mass, at Mill Number Five. Maybe you've seen uh, her work. Karen, how are you doing today? I'm very good. How are you both doing? Doing great. I am I am doing great and I, I feel like there's this kind of and I don't know if I'm kidding myself, I feel we're kind of approaching the end of the pandemic. There's this I hope so. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, it fe- it's hopeful. Yeah. It's it's weird because when it first started it was that no one knows what's happening and um, you know, how bad it's going to be. And, you know, some people were like, oh, in a few weeks. It's funny with like Facebook on this day and all that stuff, kind of looking back at like my posts and other people's posts. But yeah, kind of looking at that whole, like the evolution of this all like starting and kind of like growing and 
but no, it, it feels, yeah, it feels better. Yeah, I yeah. It, it's like a weight has been lifted a little. Sure. And the worst is going to be if there's some other wave, right? Because cause I, right. I have that feeling. And, I've, I've, and I know I'm not the only one because if I go into like a coffee shop or something, there's still not that many people in there. It's There's still, mm. you know, everybody's socially distanced and everything. But there's this kind of vibe of like people are getting ready to crack the champagne and, and <laughs> yeah. the party's coming. The party's coming. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm extremely introverted. Like, I don't I don't go out that much. Like, I'm not a go to a bar person or really go to a party person. But man, like, I I just want like barbecues and like yeah. some sort of party. It's weird. I mean, yeah, for even me, like, I got cabin fever, pretty bad. Yeah, I'm the I'm the same way. I'm I'm introverted, but they're they're introversion doesn't mean you just want to be like a hermit or something. You still need to connect with people. And, and uh, you know, it's, it, it got to be too much, especially with kind of a cold winter. Then we had that crazy cold yesterday. I don't know what Manchester was like. Did you have the wind blowing and everything? It it felt like apocalyptic (laughs) and strange. We had had to wire my neighbor's fence back (laughs) up. She, she actually has a, a a winter home in Florida. So we were like, Oh, we might as well fix the fence for her. Uh, well, that was nice. So uh, for people who haven't seen your work, how would you describe what you do? I always have trouble with that because, um, you know, usually people are like, oh, what do you do for work? And I'm like, I'm a photographer. And they ask what kind, obviously. And um, I never know what to say. I want to say kind of like fine art. And then below that, you know, as like a subcategory, probably like surreal fine art. Mm-hmm. Um you're showing a, an astronaut photo there. So I did, I, I love sci-fi. You were talking about sci-fi before you actually brought up Jim. He- well, he brought up the Muppets. Um, <laughs> one of my earliest memories. So I was an eighties kid. I was born in 81. And I remember my mother, my mother used to bring me to the movies like all the time and um, seeing like the dark crystal and like labyrinth. I was like, Oh my God. Like it was mind blowing as a kid, but like you said, even, you know, some movies did not surpass the test of time at all, especially from the 80s. Yeah. Um, but even watching that stuff nowadays, I'm like, wow, this is insane. Like yeah. how they did this. I think Dark Crystal holds up. I did watch it. I didn't care oh, yeah. for the, the, the kind of reboot thing they did on, on Netflix. I don't know if you saw that. Uh, but yes, the original I still uh, still has a, a, a soul or like a sense or a spirit or something to it. And there's this kind of like wow like they were just dealing with the strangest stuff thematically and it's colorful it just looks good and the characters yeah and just like you know the backstory too it's not just like oh we're just gonna throw a bunch of weird characters in and it's it's almost like star wars where the backstory is insane you know about the different like species and like the different lands and yeah it's i love stuff like that yeah so speaking of uh, because you bring it up speaking of sci-fi and also describing your work one of the things i wanted to ask you about was the science fiction aspect i wanted to see how much of that is is conscious and there's an element of it too that reminds me of the writer who's now at, used to be obscure but he influences everybody now philip k dick Yes. Wrote, um, um, do androids dream of electric? Yeah, shoot. and there's, there's yeah. something in his stuff. For, there's there's a sense of sometimes kind of isolation and quiet and desolation, but there's also this sort of mixing of like like I feel like when I look at some of your photographs, it's 
it's Chinatown, but I don't know if it's San Francisco Chinatown, and I don't know if it's London Chinatown, and I don't know if it's like Lawrence or like a Chinese restaurant in Lawrence. And I can't tell whether it's the 80s or the 1950s or like there's this kind of blurring of regions in time. Like it's a little bit outside time in a way that I see in Philip K. Dick. Is that there? Is that intentional? Yeah, that's that's really intentional. Um I remember once another artist I know, he said, um, he described my work as future past. And I was like, yeah, like before I even really realized I was doing it. Um, and I think that started with me, like going into like abandoned homes and some people, you know, they, they would just up and leave their homes like in the seventies or eighties, but it looks like in a lot of those houses that they were there since like the 30s or 40s so I got really inspired by that because it's like when you go into a space like that some people don't throw away all their furniture that they had in the 30s or the 40s or the 50s up until they leave even in present day when they leave so it's like I would go into these spaces and see like the melding of all these like time period like different TVs and different furniture um and I got really inspired by that. I just, yeah, I just like different, you know, I like when people are like, oh, what's your favorite like era? You know, if you had to choose one, not necessarily that I lived in, obviously. And I can't say, I just, I get inspiration from all of them. Even the twenties, the thirties, like in the thirties, you had like the rubber hose cartoons that were really popular. And I'm really into that. If what is, I don't know what that is. Game. What is that? Um, So it's, it was like a style of, cartoons um i would say like steamboat willie mickey mouse is considered rubber hose mm. um oh i see it's like uh, so cab you, Callow yes exactly Ca there's that cab calloway one that he sang um i think it's the uh saint something infirmary blues i can't remember saint what it James was but infirmary. it's like a ghost and yeah the arms are like exactly what you said but there's a video game out that came a few came out a few years ago called cuphead and I'm obsessed with it, but they redid rubber hose style, but it's like super colorful. And I'm like, oh man, if that was a cartoon, I'd watch it religiously, you know? But yeah, I get, and I get a lot of inspiration from like pop culture like that too, you know? It's just bits and pieces of stuff sometimes that people wouldn't even, you know, expect probably that I get inspiration like, from. Like what? Like cartoons. Yeah. <laughs> um, cartoons, like I, I love looking at paintings like any kind of paintings. Cause for me, the challenge is how can I do something like that? Like maybe a, a specific effect or whatnot. How do I do something like that, but make it real? Um, Cause I don't, I don't use a lot of Photoshop and that's something I have to explain to people a lot. Cause they either think my photos are just straight up paintings or they think I'm, you know, using Photoshop somehow. Like a lot of people think I'm like Photoshopping the subject into wherever I was, but that's not the case. Like I either build sets or I find these places, you know, wherever. So, um, yeah, it's just like practical effects and stuff are, are really important to me. So I, I, I like the challenge of trying to take something that seems like it would be impossible in the real world and making it possible, I guess. Yeah. I was going to ask you about that because I, I, I was just curious about how much processing, because there's a lot of color. There's all this, you know, kind of bold imagery and stuff, you know, like you said, where it's like 
did you Photoshop something in, or did you did you go and like kind of build a set, almost like a like movie set? Do you do that because that's your temperament? You you don't want to be Photoshopping, or it's it's like did that naturally evolve? Why? Yeah, I mean, why we're going take that approach? Because to a lot of people, it would seem like the more difficult path. Right. Yeah. Um, but I feel like you can tell, you know, if something's photoshopped too. And again, like I, I'm obvious, I'm very, I'm going to probably bring up movies a ton of times, but I'm very inspired by movies. And again, growing up in the eighties, it was right before, you know, it got there in terms of like CGI. So like Steven Spielberg, like Goonies like that, you know, um, one of my favorite movies is the movie Legend with Tom Cruise. Um, and that was all done on a set. And it's ridiculous what they did. Like, I, I just love when, like, sets are so ridiculous. It's like, oh, my, but you can see that right away. You know, when you watch it, like, the split second you see that, it's like, wow. And I don't know if people appreciate that like I do. I know some do. But, like, as soon as I see that, I'm like, man, like, that's like dedication and it makes me just appreciate whatever I'm watching more. Sure. Um, I, I, I mean, there's, there's this element where, I mean, with CGI, it can only evolve. Right. But right. with these sets, it's like, there are films that were made. We will never be able to do, like, I don't know if you've ever seen stalker, the Russian film stalker. There yeah, will never so be, yeah. There'll never be another stalker. And I don't know if you like yeah, Jodorowsky, like the Holy mountain. There's yeah. never going to be another Holy mountain because no yes. one is ever going to be, that crazy to build all those kind of sets with that color and make it that elaborate. It just couldn't happen. It, it just right. could never, never happen again, unless there's some unforeseeable, you know, world. Yeah. And that's pretty crazy. Yeah. It's funny you bring up Holy Mountain. Cause I, I do music videos every so often and someone just contacted me to do a music video and Holy Mountain was a reference. So yeah, that that's a good one. <laughs> yeah, that, that's another thing that that sort of was very underground and obscure, and is now kind of permeated the the culture a little bit more. Yodorowsky, I think, is more influential. There would have been like a handful of people who knew who he was back in the day. You know, exactly. complete midnight. The only way to to see something like Hol you know, Holy Mountain is to go into Boston at midnight once a year. You know, and go yeah. to a, an art house movie theater. That was the only way to get the stuff. Right, uh, like David Lynch, like Eraserhead. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, to like work. That. That, that was another huge inspiration, you know, and I tried to show a lot of my friends that movie, and they're just five minutes into it, they're like, eh, no, but he, you know, David Lynch is another person where he, you know, I, I really admire his take on art, because even when he's asked about that particular movie, like, what does it mean? What's the meaning? And he's like, it doesn't always have to have, like, a meaning, and I get asked that a lot about my photos, too. It's like, you know, I don't want it to look haphazard, like, oh, I'm just going to throw a chair here and put this here for whatever, for make it look weird for weird sake. Like, I don't want to do that. But, you know, I like when people interpret their own meanings with yeah. things. Just, you know, just, it's, yeah. Sure. It's, so in terms it of. It doesn't always have to have a definitive answer. <laughs> Sure. In terms of inspiration, there were two things I wanted to talk to you about, uh, two other kind of channels. The, f the first is music. Uh, it's my understanding mm -hmm. you started as a, as a music photographer. Yeah. And I'm wondering how much of a role that plays in what this eventually evolved into. Yeah, so it's funny. Um, that's all. I don't even know how I got into that, I think. So I really got into going into concerts when I was in college. Um, I didn't all that much in high school. 
but um in college I got like super into going to concerts so I I used to sneak a camera in and I think it was more like a oh look how close I was to the band or something you know it was I was a teenager so you know um just stuff like that was really like cool to me but when I was sneaking in cameras and taking pictures I didn't realize that I was essentially like building a portfolio like for concert stuff so um eventually I started asking for photo passes and I would go to like you know I'd go from like sneaking in cameras to going to like the local VFW or something where like anything goes at a show like that and I would take pictures there and yeah so I had like somewhat of a portfolio and I started asking for photo passes and so that that was the thing with me for almost like 10 years um and I think I did it because growing up I was I was a real like wallflower and I kind of got picked on and so I felt good getting a photo pass like I felt important like I belonged you know what I mean and I don't I don't know if that was like a good reason to be doing it but um you know I I learned a lot about photography while I was doing it um because those are some pretty you know any concert photographers will tell you that those are hard conditions to shoot on yeah the lighting is it really it's like a it really teaches you about lighting right oh absolutely and normally you know you can't use your flash so um but after a while I just kind of got I don't want to say disenchanted with it but um in terms of creativity I felt like I had hit the roof you know it's like all right, I'm doing live photos, but it's not like I can like go up on stage and like start positioning people, you know? Yeah. Um, so one of my friends one day, he was just like, why don't you just start, you know, shooting portraits? And for some reason I had never been interested in that, but um, I started doing that and I, it just kind of overtook the concert photography thing. Um, but it's funny because nowadays I get, offers for you know different commissions that are really cool like music videos and album covers that I wish I would have gotten back when I was like deep into that scene but the funny thing is is the reason why I'm getting contacted about it now is because of my work now it's not because of any of the work I did in the music scene it's because all the like fine art kind of like surreal photos I do so it's it's just funny thinking about how things come back around full circle, I guess. Yeah. yeah. I love rock photography. I love band photography and I'm not even sh- sure why it's, it's a little bit of a mystery to me. And I think it has to do, I don't, I, I mean, we can plumb my psychology all you want, who knows, but there's this added pleasure or there's this added sense of depth to it as you yeah. get older. So yeah. for example, I had a picture of the sex pistols up on my wall when I was in high school. All right. And it was a cool picture and I was fascinated by it for whatever reason. It's a completely different experience now. Why? Because to me, they look like a bunch of kids. Like there was, yeah, there's, there yeah. was this band that like changed the world and were so controversial and blah, 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 everything. But it's like clearly like four teenagers just kind of messing around right now. So there's yeah. this kind of sense of loss or this sense of change or the sense of lost time. There's a, there's a kind of gu- uh, ghost quality to it as well. So, so the, the, the fact of time changes band photography right. right like if you see a picture of leo sayer from the 1970s or yeah. it doesn't matter who it is it can be you know, the deftones a picture of the deftones from 15 years ago it's a very different feeling than seeing it you know a week after it was shot yeah and i and it's like yeah it's it's relatable too i mean you go in and out of 
relating to it and maybe not. I actually love Deftones and they they've aged very well. Um, you know, cause there's band, they came out in kind of like the, the new metal era, hmm. but, um, yeah, I, I love them. I think, you know, oh, and they've like kind of reinvented themselves too over the years. And I think that's important, but yeah, I mean, with concert photography too, that, like you said, there's like an undeniable energy while you're there that you're sharing with the band that you're sharing with other people. So, and I love that, you know, and I, I still, it, the the whole crowds thing is hard for me sometimes so you know if you're someone that has like crowd anxiety but yeah um sure well going in the other direction the other influence i wanted to ask you about and i have no idea it's, it wasn't in the the piece we did in merrimack valley magazine but i wanted to ask and i wanted to talk about dreams because mm -hmm. there's a dreamlike aspect to a lot of your photography and i'm wondering do you have vivid dreams do you remember your dreams are you inspired by your dreams at all yeah, so I actually have super vivid dreams um, to the point where I'm always like, should I go to a sleep specialist or something? Because, you know, if I have like a quote unquote bad dream, um, it's like really bad. Like it will really mess up my day. Like I'll I'll think about it all day. Like, man, like it just leaves like a weird, awkward, like lingering feeling. But um, yeah, I have like really vivid dreams and I do write stuff down a lot. Um, it, but yeah, it's, it's strange because I've had people message me too, at, like over specific photos and they'll be like, I had a dream that looked exactly like this image, like exactly. And I'm just like, I don't know what to tell you. Like, I don't know. I, I think it's like some people don't dream. I just read something about that a couple of years ago, which is really strange. Or if they do, they can't remember it. Um, but I think for those of us, you know, that, that do dream a lot that can remember it, um, it kind of like lingers with you and it sticks with you. And it's, it's almost like going into like another world, you know, it's, it's it's different from seeing pictures, like, you know, say you wanted to go on vacation to some, you know, Paris, being in Paris and seeing pictures of it is two totally different things because you can't, your, your body can't feel what it feels like to be in Paris. You know what I mean? So I think dreams for everyone has this weird universal feeling that you either know that feeling and you know that someone's bringing it back and maybe, you know, writing about it or making a visual about it, or you just don't get it, you know? So yeah, it's, it's strange, but I definitely, um, and, and there's, there's certain things I do with my photos too, that for example, and I, I always get a lot of negative feedback about how, like when I shoot on location or just anywhere, um, the windows in my photos are blown out. They're overexposed. Um, so a lot of photographers that are technical will be like, well, that, your window's not properly exposed, you know, they, it, <laughs> but it's like, I don't want people, you know, especially if like I'm in an abandoned house, I don't want people to be able to look out that properly exposed window and see like a Walmart on the corner. You know what I mean? It takes away from that whole, like, what time period of, is this, where is this? Um, so I like, I play with my lighting in a way that isn't technically right. Um, by most photography standards to make it look, I guess, kind of surreal. Um, yeah, I, I, 
it, it it's all about using light, I guess, when I think about it, to get kind of like that dreamy, dreamlike uh, feeling. When you have people, you mentioned that someone or people have said, hey, I, I had this, I had saw this image in a dream. What do you make of that? Do you, do you think it reflects on some type of like collective unconscious mind or do you think it's just random or yeah, what do you think's going on there? It's weird too, because when they, usually when they contact me, they're more like kind of freaked out. <laughs> like, you know, it's like, well, I don't know what to tell you. I don't have a, a machine that like <laughs> I could probe people and know what they're thinking, but um, it's very strange. And usually I don't know what to say back to them. Um, you know, I'll just be like, oh, cool. Like, I'll, I'll usually tell them, like, where the photo was taken or, you know, who's in the photo because I feel like that makes them feel a little bit better. But they're usually just like, this is crazy. Like, this looks like this one guy. I had a photo of an astronaut, um, like, levitating, like, jumping up in the air. And there it was, like, in an old room and there was, like, TVs around them. And a few months ago, a guy messaged me on Instagram and he was like, I had this dream as a kid. It was like a reoccurring dream. And he was just like all freaked out, but he didn't really ask anything. Or It's like, he just had to tell me, <laughs> you know? And I was just like, I, I don't know. It's, it's strange. Yeah. I definitely, I am really into that. Like, you know, what, you know, what vibrations are and frequencies and are some of us on the same frequency. And I mean, there's, there's so many questions I have that will never be answered, but yeah, it's um, it's strange. Like I, I somehow feel like people that create in any form, you know, even people that create, like if you're just doing doodles at your desk or something, I, I sometimes feel like there's a reason for it. Like there's a reason for why we all do that, um, you know, just as a form of communication or something. I mean, you got to think, I think before there was spoken language, there was writing on walls in caves you know so it's it's strange thinking about that I, I i think it's communication but we're just not understanding where we're getting the message and why we're doing it um because i get that i get asked that a lot like where do you get your ideas and something you know i i can get ideas from listening to music or reading books or whatever but for me it's like i like 80% of the time, I can't really tell you. Yeah, you know, it, this, <laughs> you know, like, this I wish reminds I had a good answer, but... Yeah, it, right. and it's it's funny because it points to, like, a difference between the, the way the art world works and maybe, like, the music world works. Like, somebody like Bob Dylan used to always say, like, I don't write these songs. I just kind of am, am, am like, an instrument. They come through me. Like, it's not right. my will. I'm not deciding I'm going to write this line. I'm just, like, the mouth of something bigger than me. Yeah, you know, but exactly. there's something yeah, in art like school, I think, where you have to like articulate every little thing and every little intention and say, I'm doing this to, uh, you know, I don't know, thwart the patriarchy or to invert people's <laughs> grammar about this or that. And, and right. you know, to say, like, I, I don't know, like, it's just coming through me. It's these ideas. I'm just an instrument. I'm just a funnel or like, a, you know, like I'm just vibrating with these ideas. Where do they come from? Who knows? Right. Yeah. And I, I feel like that, you know, a lot of the time that answer isn't particularly what people are looking for. I think sometimes they want to hear the whole like, oh, well, I got this cabin in the middle of the woods on top of Mount Everest. And like, <laughs> But and which I, I wouldn't be able to do like I I wouldn't be able to be like, you know what, I'm going on vacation next week to think about stuff. 
because then I'm forcing myself to think of stuff and yeah it's it's just a very weird process I guess um and that's not to say like you know I get commissioned for stuff where I have to come up with stuff um but you know that's where I got the idea if someone commissions me they usually tell me what they want so yeah it's it's strange so I I have two two big questions to ask before I turn it over to Lou because Lou always has some questions the first thing I'm wondering if the sense of your work has changed during the pandemic because of the pandemic. In other words, you, you have a lot of stuff that's like isolated and stark and there's like, you know, sort of a faceless, timeless quality. Does that feel different because of what we've been through over the past year? Do you see things going on that just wouldn't have been so stark if we hadn't experienced this, this thing, this pandemic? Yeah. So it's strange because, you know, career-wise this year, um, I'd say I've probably done the best I have. I mean, I'm definitely scared that a lot of my avenues, like I make a lot of my income vending at events, which we all know that events aren't happening right now. So, um, but in terms of like people recognizing my work and getting the recognition from, you know, I've been doing this since like taking photos since 2003. So it's been a long, like <laughs> grueling process. You know, it's, it's hard sometimes, but um, it's very strange that this year um, because of what's happening, people are people that otherwise I don't think would understand my work are now, now looking at it and they're like, Oh my God, like I, now I feel what that photo is all about because we've literally all been living it. Um but the funny thing is, like, my astronaut series, um, I started that because I had, like, I just had this vision one day of, like, oh, man, like, I wonder if I, it's, like, environmental stuff. I think I was just thinking about the environment. And I was, like, I wonder if at some point, maybe, like, a thousand years from now, which I don't think would be too far-fetched, like, we can't live here anymore, Um so I, I had this vision of like, if we can't live here anymore, you know, say we go to another planet and pe we colonize Mars or something, someone decides to come back. And just like me going into like abandoned houses to kind of just see how people lived back then, that someone comes back to Earth and they want to see how people lived. Um so, yeah, it, it's just very strange that I, I was thinking, like, that's how that kind of came to be. And then this year happened. And, you know, it's like the whole face mask and the astronaut is wearing, obviously, like the helmet so they can breathe. And um, so I started doing a lot of astronaut photos, like just around Manchester, where I live and um, like in front of restaurants just to kind of gain awareness too of like, Hey everyone, like you can still like, don't let this, this restaurant flounder. You can still, you don't have to eat in it. If you're uncomfortable, you can like get takeout or whatever. Cause I can't imagine being, you know, a business like that in the past year. It's, it's terrible. So I started doing photos like that um, around Manchester and got, I got really good feedback, but when the pandemic first started, I wasn't taking photos of anyone. Like, obviously, there's always someone in the astronaut suit. It's usually a friend of mine. And, um, but for like months, I wasn't 
you know, coming into contact with anyone at all. And I ordered a bunch of mannequins on um, Amazon. So I would dress up the mannequins, but then I was like, what do I do with their faces? You can tell it's a mannequin. Like you can dress them up to look like a person, but they still have, you know, the blank face or whatever. Um, So I started sculpting masks. Um, So a lot of, I, you know, I came up with a lot of things during the pandemic that I probably wouldn't have done if that never happened. So it was kind of a a blessing and a curse. It, It forced me to definitely do a lot of newer things um like where i shoot and how i shoot and the frequency of it and how i build sets like i have i don't know if you can see it there's like a whoops right there the little green set that i did um i started doing like forced perspective sets where instead of building like a massive life-size sets i would do like a tinier one in the front that's like probably what three by four ish feet wide, not even. Um, and I would do, so it looked like the foreground was life size, but it's not, it's just kind of like an optical illusion. So. <laughs> so before my, my, my last question, where do people find out more? What's your website where can they buy prints? What are the details for people who want to find out more about your, your photography? Yeah. So my website is uh Karen Um, because my name is pretty, I mean, not a lot of people have the last name Jerzyk. So even if you like Google search my name, you can find like my Instagram is like Karen.Jerzyk.photo. But yeah, you can Google search my name and find, and I have everything linked off my website as well. So Yeah. And you sell prints at Hive and Forge down in Lowell. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm, uh, you know, you, you, you say, you know, you've, you've done okay and sort of survived this pandemic at least financially, I'm surprised at how affordable your stuff is. Cause I, I, you're on my radar. I read obviously the article and edited the article that was in the January issue. Uh, and I'm, so I'm, I was looking at it and I'm like, Oh, that's like, I can do that. Like there's a lot of art that's like, Oh, like you, you don't want to look at, at the, the price tag. Um, <laughs> but your prints are very affordable. Is that a conscious decision you made to like, Hey, I'm just, I'm going to make this so that, that someone who's interested in this can buy it without, having to, uh, you know, feel too guilty about it. Yeah. Uh, people always tell me too, they're like, you got to raise your prices. And I, I get that for some things, but I would never want to deny anyone that likes my work to not be able to own a piece of my work just because, you know, I, I'm jacking the prices up to a ridiculous amount. So I think it is really important to me to have affordable prints because I, you know, not, not to the point where it's burying me financially, but like, you know, if I can stay afloat and people can buy my prints because, you know, usually they, they're buying them because they mean something to them. You know, it's there, there's some art that it's like, Oh, this just looks cool. And I want it. Um, I think with mine, a lot of people like attach themselves to it in some way, like it reminds them of something or someone or a place they've been. So um, yeah, that's really important to me. Like for me, again, bringing up movies, like, I don't know what I would do if a movie was like a hundred dollars, just, I mean, it's getting there. I, who even knows now, but you know, if it was a hundred dollars to see a movie that I really wanted to see and I couldn't see it because I can't afford to go for that amount, you know? So I kind of see it in that sense where, yeah, I think, I think everyone deserves to experience, you know, other people's work. Uh, and not let it get ruined by, 
you know, only having like, oh, I just want people that are, you know, really financially lucrative to be able to own my work. So, uh, yeah. So before I um, ask Lou if he has questions, you, you have to tell us about the spacesuit. How did you get the spacesuit? And what's the story of the, the spacesuit that we see in your photographs? Yeah, so I bought that. It's um, It was made by China for the Russians around 1964. And I know this specific bit of information because I was watching Pawn Stars one day <laughs> and someone brought in like the same suit. I was like, oh my God, that's the suit I have. So like there's like a surplus of them like floating around there um like on ebay and so it's like a high altitude suit so the original one i got um it was the actual helmet which i've always kept the same helmet but the bodysuit part was green you'll notice in some of the pictures it's green and it was just so small like it's all corseted too because when you're up that high you need to like get the blood flowing to your head. So like the whole body is corseted and I was actually having trouble finding people tiny enough to fit in it. So then I ended up just getting like a white snowsuit <laughs> that happened to look, I was like, Oh, that works for an astronaut suit. So that's why some are like green suits and some are white and, yeah, I travel all over with that thing. It's like 30 pounds, so it gets pretty cumbersome sometimes. Like the first time I brought it on a flight, I brought the helmet with me as my care one of my carry-ons cuz like I don't want to lose the helmet. Like I can deal with losing the suit, but the helmet was like the big ticket item in terms of the price. So I uh, I tweeted TSA on Twitter and I was like, hey, can I bring like this high altitude helmet? And it was amazing because they said something like uh, it was something like you absolutely can have a fun blast off, like <laughs> referring to an astronaut. I was like, OK, that's cool. But I was just afraid, like if I brought that helmet on, they'd be like, what is this? What are you doing? Sure. Lou, <laughs> questions. Yeah, you guys uh, pretty much gutted my question list with talking about the astronaut series, especially because I was I was wondering who was in the astronaut suit. But uh, I want to talk about the astronaut series because I want to go another level because you have invested a lot of creativity into it, and I understand the suit is an investment and and it creates tremendous opportunities. And we all talked about how we love music, and the thing about music is great music is the lyrics are interpretable to the person listening to them. And I get a whole different feel from the astronaut series. I got a feeling of isolation. I got a feeling of tourist in my own life type of theme to it. Is that something you go for in your photography where you like people to be able to interpret themselves into what they're seeing? Yeah, definitely. Um, my, I mean, my main goal with what I do in terms of the viewer, you know, a viewer looking at my work is that to me, it's it's a win if someone is able to stand in front of one of my pictures or look at it online or whatever, and they don't just scroll past it or just walk away from it that when they're looking at it, there's some sort of story to be told. And, you know, going back to, there's not really an answer to any of my photos or a, there's not really a specific story behind it. Yeah. It's, it's whatever the viewer makes of it. Um, so I feel like it's, you know, it's my job <laughs> for what I'm doing to create something that can be looked at and can hold someone's attention and allow them to think 
of a meaning behind the picture or, you know, somehow attach themselves to it or, um, yeah, to be able to, I guess, uh, relate with it in some sort of way. There's a lot of spirituality in that series, it seems to me, about isolation from the world, the, the person, the consciousness being isolated from the world, or is that just me dropping my own interpretation on it? No, it, that's definitely, I mean, I think that comes a lot just from how I, how I feel as a person, how I've always felt. Um, I always feel isolated, like I could be in a room of a hundred people and still feel, you know, like I don't fit in or feel like I'm alone. Yeah, um, see, that's what I was guessing. I was guessing there's yeah, some autobiography in there. something I struggle with. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I, that comes out in my photos a lot. I mean, with what I do now, I mean, my, my photos, the, the surreal stuff I do, I mean, that started off as pretty much therapy because in 2011, my, my father passed away and that's kind of when I stopped doing concert photos. Um, cause I needed, you know, that him passing away, it was unexpected. So I like, I was in bad shape for a while and I like needed some sort of therapy and just, it just so happens that like doing, you know, doing the photos and the kind of ritual of like, you know, building a costume and making a character and going to the location. And that turned into like actually building sets once I had a studio, but it was almost like a ritual that was like calming and it made me feel better. It was, it was definitely therapy. So, um, yeah, a, a lot of what I do is very emotional, which is which is hard when, you know, they say don't read the comments on the Internet. But like, yeah, I mean, it's especially hard. And I think for anyone, like when you put stuff out there and, you know, someone has something negative to say, but especially when it comes from such an emotional place, it's like, oh, like stabbing me right in the heart. <laughs> Let me ask you some technical questions because you said you don't use Photoshop and you build some sets and you're looking for things. This particular shot, like in front of me, that's, I'm guessing that's not all natural lighting. So there's some addition here, but it's hard to do the addition to the lighting in a large set like that, a large photo that doesn't allow you to get lighting close. What goes on? In the, what's into the lighting in this picture? So that, I mean, that's pretty much, I changed the coloring, maybe a little color tweaking, but that was pretty much it. Um, that was interesting. That was actually like a month ago. That, that photo is fairly new and that's in Manchester. And I had already done a few rounds of doing astronaut photos in Manchester. So the foundry, it, the building's actually owned by Dean Kamen. He's the one that uh, invented the Segway. Um, he's actually, his, his, uh, his place is right across my studio. He's working on something called Army right now, A-R-M-I. And they're um, 3D printing organs. Not to get too far, but you're talking <laughs> about like science fiction, like yeah. they're 3D printing organs right across the street. I always tell people and they look at me like I'm crazy. I'm like, no, this is really happening. Um, they have a, a robot that delivers mail that they created there. Um, but he owns that building and um, the foundry is a restaurant and someone that worked there messaged me on Facebook and she was like, Hey, I think I can get you up on the roof of the foundry. Like I can just ask the manager. And I was like, uh, absolutely. Like, yes, that would be amazing. Cause like, how else would I, <laughs> there's no way I'd be able to like sneak up there without permission. So um, yeah, that, 
that's on the roof and there was like these weird like hatches we had to climb up i actually did i expected just normal stairs going up there and it wasn't um yeah i'm probably dating myself but uh have you guys seen uh money pit with uh sure tom Tom hanks yeah so when the when the staircase is out and they're trying to bring like they have the ladder going up to the second floor and they're trying to drag buckets up and stuff. It was like that where it was like <laughs> a ladder, like up against the wall and there was two of them. So I like had the astronaut suit, like in this giant <laughs> Ikea bag, like trying to climb the ladder with my, with my camera. But um, yeah, that particular picture, there's really no, not a lot of Photoshop going on other than like minor color correction oh that makes um, it that makes it even better because it's yeah it's such a great I, I piece. mean that sign i use that neon sign pretty much as the light as the light source and that's why i never used to shoot at night and then i just randomly from going to new york city a lot um and you mentioned chinatown before i love chinatown uh just throwing this out there, if anyone's in Chinatown in New York City, check out Doyer Street, D-O-Y-E-R-S. It's incredible. Um, but I just got, like, really obsessed with, like, neon signs because, like, I realized they act as a light source, like, just as a giant light source. And it seems like, oh, well, that's obvious. But, you know, for photo-wise, it's not so obvious. that I mean, just the way they light things up, I just love the different colors and stuff. And it, it does give off that like super like sci-fi kind of feel. And last one for me, are you getting requests for the astronaut now? Are people saying bring the astronaut and shoot at my place or, or, or yeah. shoot in my neighborhood? <laughs> I actually do, especially now because I've been doing it in front of restaurants and everything, um, which it, which is really cool because you know, and and that's just fun for me. And like I said, especially nowadays, if if I can help a an establishment, kind of bring more attention to them to get more sales or whatever. And I get to keep the photos and do what I want with them. That's cool with me. You know, I'm not saying like, Oh, I do everything for free, but you know, especially nowadays, like help, it's just kind of like helping each other out in that aspect. So yeah, I mean, yeah. If anyone asks me or even like, I love little convenience stores, like corner stores and stuff like that. I just, just kind of like everyday places that I never used to pay much attention to that in the past few years, I'm like, these look really cool. Like these can look like sci-fi if I, if I play my cards right with like the lighting and everything. So, so last question before we wrap up, uh, what's next? What are you working on now? Um, so we're actually renovating, um, one of our studio rooms. So that's, that's going to take a couple months, but we're turning it into like a really retro, like living room, bedroom, bathroom, stuff like that. But we're also doing that. So if people need a place to like film or shoot that they can rent that out for us, uh, from us. Um, but yeah, there's that I've gotten into the NFT world where it's, um, this is a whole other ball of wax, but I'll, I'll be quick with it. Um, it's it's like artists uploading their work. It, it's all digital and it's on the blockchain. And um, it's it's so super new. If anyone wants to learn about it, you can go to like nftbible.com. And it, it's basically a way of just, um, you know, like if, if I upload a photo, it's minted on the blockchain. And that's saying like, it's the only photo. It's kind of like putting like a thumbprint on a photo. Um, so whatever work you upload, you can do like one of one or like one of 10, 
but because you're you're you know you're kind of attaching that minting to it that saying it's like you know kind of rare um i don't know it's it's a, it's that whole like cryptocurrency yeah, crypto so it's like a bitcoin but with art yes yeah and it's it's bought and sold with yeah like uh cryptocurrency so that's something i've actually been looking into the past couple months um and i guess my point of mentioning that is it's a it's a very very digital like there's there's not many photographers doing that right now it's very like super like just digitized moving images or like photos so i'm actually i'm i'm trying to not conform to that but i'm right now i'm in the process of thinking of different ways i can shoot and kind of like fit into that world a little bit better um so i'll probably be doing like video clips and again it's it's me looking at the work that's there and saying how can i do this in real life because i don't know how to digitally render anything or like draw digitally or whatever so um yeah so i'm kind of like working on doing really different stuff to kind of like put put out there in that whole universe of of weirdness with you know um yeah there's that um and i still do the astronaut stuff all the time and uh i got i i'm traveling to virginia in a couple months to do some astronaut stuff so in a place where it's like all president's heads it's (laughs) like it was like this theme park that was supposed to i don't even know if it opened but there's like a hundred or so president's heads and they're massive like the size of like small houses (laughs) Like it's really I don't even know. I think my friend told me about it, so just just random stuff like that. I, I will look forward to seeing it on Instagram. Yeah, or, definitely. Or images on Instagram. I feel like we've just kind of scratched the surface. There's a lot. This is one of those interviews where it's like I have a lot of things in the margins of my notes that I didn't get to. <laughs> yeah. So maybe you'll come back on at some point. Yeah, absolutely. Would you mind? Yeah, you this let is me know whenever. Absolutely. This is great, our guest today was Karen Jerzyk, photographer from Manchester. Karen, thank you so much for coming on the 495. I really appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Thanks, everybody. I will see everybody next week. See you later. Yeah. Take care.